but some people are just better at maybe not listening to it. And by sitting down with those people, asking them questions, and then, you know, recording it, blasting it out on the internet, perhaps, maybe, I can help other people like me get out of our own way. Hey guys, welcome back to Closure Optional. My guest this week is the lovely and beautiful Lisa. She is a stripper, a uh, private dancer, and in her words, a naked counselor for hire. This is a great conversation about sexuality, all the shame therein, uh, female sexuality, femininity, and uh, some potential ways to improve your relationships, your sexual relationships with yourself or you know, one to five other people at the same time, even. This is an especially fun conversation because we were both naked. She was a bit nervous coming onto the podcast and felt a little bit more comfortable naked, and I was the exact opposite, so we figured we would even the scales and strip down. And then I realized it was a gigantic mistake when I was sitting across the table from a smoking hot stripper and realized that my diet of chocolate cake and M&M's was not really doing me any favors and I should probably, you know, take a little bit better care of myself. Although at one point she did compliment my nipples. So there's that. Hope you guys enjoy the conversation. Oh, at one point I did kind of speak out of my depth a little bit. I was asking her a question about sexual assault and I don't know if I came across a little bit ignorant or uh, stupid. So um, hopefully you can see that my intentions are right. I basically was just trying to find out that in her position, she probably experiences a lot more potential for sexual assault than most of us. And I was wondering if it made her more resilient as a person rather than a victim. And uh, I don't know. I, I, should, I, I, don't ha- I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Anyways, the conversation is great. I hope you have a good week, and the next time you hear from me, I will be in the United States of America. So, most of the guests that you're going to be hearing for a little while after that are all going to be Americans. Isn't that exciting for everyone? I hope you guys enjoy the conversation, and I'll talk to you again soon. podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming. I um, When Melina told me that she met you, I was so excited because she was like, you've got to meet this girl. She is so interesting. <laughs> so I'm amping you up before the podcast even starts. The first time, the first night I met her, I ended up doing a, a nudie run down the street. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Well, it's typical. She said what was so amazing about you was that you were so comfortable being naked in front of other people that she felt comfortable being around you that she forgot that you were even naked like it got to a point where she was just like oh this is a normal thing yeah right I'm much more comfortable being naked than like like getting on stage or being naked or is much less nerve-wracking than say doing a podcast (laughs) (laughs) I know and I'm the opposite but that's why we're going to do this we're going to do it together yeah so we'll both be out of our comfort zone okay cool all right so we'll get naked okay You were so funny when you first walked in. You're like, "So are we doing this naked?" Yeah, we're doing this now. Your dress is already halfway off. (laughs) Do you know? I told the boys that we were doing this today, and they were like, "Oh, good. We'll be there for technical support." (laughs) I have like a real problem being naked. Why? I don't know. I have a real problem with it. I've always had a real problem with it. Like ever since I was small, my ex used to get like upset with me because I would be. Um, like we'd just be at home naked together and I couldn't show them. Like I'd always cover myself up. Yeah. And we were together for six years and I still like just couldn't do it. But, oh, see, I'm like the complete opposite. Complete, like, and especially working in clubs and stuff. Like I don't, like I try and think about how many people have probably seen my asshole and it's probably in like the tens of thousands. (laughs) 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 So like sitting with my friends and being naked, I'm like, Mm. Well, everyone else has seen it, so... Yeah, yeah. as if it matters. What do you think that is? Like, why do you feel like we have to be covered up? Um, I think that, like, um, like, the female body and... I don't know, like, female sexuality, like, is so oppressed in our society. Do you know what I mean? And, like, 
I always say to my friends, if I could be a guy for one day other than doing obscene things to my penis, (laughs) I would walk down the beach with my top off and not get dirty looks for having my nipples out. Yeah. Like... I've never even thought of it. eh? I've never thought of it being something that like they could appreciate and we can't. Like I've never, because I've never even wanted to do that. It's never been a thought that I've never been like, yes, I, I would love to just be naked. (laughs) <laughs> all the time I'm like do I have to <laughs> I don't know I love being naked it is kind of a nice feeling I feel very liberated yeah. right now I don't know I'm just but I'm naked like 90% of the time like at home yeah yeah just walk in the door and be like yeah, yeah. it's done now it's like there's like a meter in the house it's like that's the clothes off line it's funny do you know what's interesting to me is that I, so I don't really like makeup very much I don't really like wearing a lot of makeup because I feel like it's the same thing as wearing those, like, kind of underwear that suck your body in. Oh, that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what are you doing? Because as soon as somebody gets down to those underwear, they're going to see that you're just a body that's been stuffed into these underwear. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is the point of it? Like, maybe it makes that dress look a little bit nicer, but the truth is that's not what your body looks like. Yeah. And so what I never understood, so I don't, I don't understand makeup in the same way. I used to wear a shitload of makeup, and I just kind of had this realization, like, fuck, when I, in it, within an hour, my face doesn't look like that anymore. All the energy I put into that thing, and then my face doesn't look like that anyway. Like when I, you wake up next to me, I'm not going to look the way I looked <laughs> last like an night. Eyelash plastered onto your cheek, yeah, <laughs> your just eyebrows. So yeah, and it's almost like a little bit of an act of self hatred because it's like I don't look, I don't like the way I look, so I got to cover it up. And in the same way, which I'm just realizing right this very second, is that I'm like that about my body. You know, I'm scared to be naked and be out there because I d- I'm scared of what it looks like or whatever. But at the same time, I don't have any problem just putting my gross face out into the world because I'm like, accept me. <laughs> just accept me as I am. Yeah, I see, yeah, I see what you mean. I, um, I don't know. I always I wear makeup because of work and stuff. And I don't know. I, for me, feel like it's my little mask, you know. And it is a mm. mask for you, like, in between you and the world. Yeah, I bet. So that, yeah. And especially, like, working in clubs and being a dancer, you do have to have this, um, like, there's this, like, you work in a fantasy world, you know? Yeah, wow, yeah. And, like, I think that's why, you know, clubs and stuff and strip clubs and, you know, brothels and all of that still have such a market is because in society, female bodies and sexuality is oppressed and so what they've done simultaneously is they've created this market they've made female bodies this commodity where we don't want to see your nipples on the beach and don't breastfeed your children but fuck yeah we're gonna pay for it on the sly to get a fucking (laughs) lap dance because you know it's like like, we created addicts yeah, yeah yeah and like you know you can't you can't use your sexuality as a female or if you do use it, you need to feel shame for it, yet we're going to use it in advertising and we're going to mm-hmm. use it to make sex sell. But as soon as I feel, as a woman, you use that sexuality and that empowerment and you capitalise on the fact that, you know, you can be naked and men are going to pay ridiculous amounts of money for it, there's all of a sudden this shame surrounded yeah. by it, which where you can't talk about it, you can't be proud of it. You've got to keep it a secret. You can't work under your own name. You know, all of that stuff. Yeah. But, but like, you could be a model. And what's wrong with being a model? Exactly. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. What kind of shit do you get? What kind of shit do I get? Yeah, do you get uh, shit from people? I don't see this. This is why, like, I'm a little bit nervous about today because I don't really talk about it. Like, I'll talk about it if I go out and have a few drinks with friends and stuff, but I don't. I haven't really talked about it. Like, there were years that no one knew what I did because, you know, people do think of you differently. Like, I've lost friends and people aren't in my life anymore because they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe you do that. I can't believe you dance naked, you know? Like, Yeah. yeah. So then I was like, oh, fuck, I can't tell anyone. I can't let anyone know because I'm going to cop all of this shit. But now I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I, I mean, that this is the thing, like, that. I, my, in my opinion, where shame comes from is anytime you're in a disassociation from your authentic self, you know, so anytime mm. you get off of that track of whatever is honestly happening to you. And the tough part is, is that it's easy to sit on a 
you know, it's like it, easy to sit at home and be like, I'm truly me. I'm just truly me. And then because you go out in the world and you get faced with feedback loops and then all of a sudden, you know, mm. someone looks at you a weird way. You got to do something. You got to have a job. You got to make money. And all this shit kind of falls on its ass. You know, like you can read a book about meditation and living the path and being in a, you know, like an honest, loving, humble being. And then you get out in the world and everything fucking goes to shit. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, that's an interesting idea. Like, so it's easy to say, uh, oh, no, just be yourself. Like, embrace it. Accept that that's what you do. But, yeah, I'd never realized that it would actually make you lose friends. Yeah, yeah. I've lost a couple of friends from from telling them what I do and... Yeah, then... What's their reason? Um, like, what's the hesitation? I, do, I, don't, I don't understand it because it's so normal for me, mm. you know? Like, and it's so... I, don't, I personally don't see anything wrong with it, but obviously they... Um, do they feel like you're not respecting yourself or something? Like, are they yeah, worried I think, about yeah, you? Yeah, I think it comes from a space of, like, well, don't you have, an, don't you have dignity and don't you have... Mm. But I see it as something really empowering, yeah. like... I don't, you know, I'm not bought and sold on a nightly basis. I go in there and I choose to do what I do because I earn really good money from it mm. and it's fun. And, yeah, I walk out of there with heaps of money being celebrated for being naked. <laughs> yeah. And I'm okay with that. What's fun about it? What do you like about it? Um, every night is different. Yeah. Every night is different. You never know who's gonna who's gonna walk through the door. But uh, like a lot of a lot of the clients that I have are really lonely people. Mm. Like and a oh, lot of yeah, a lot of the um like bookings and stuff that I do aren't these like super sexually explicit. You know, it's just me pretty much being a naked counselor. Yeah, you know? wow. and sitting and having a drink with these guys. And I think that stems from, you know, in society, men aren't able to talk about their emotions. So, yeah, sure. you know, and, and be authentically themselves and they have to be tough and be the providers and all of this shit that's been, you know, bred into them. And now, from what I see anyway, obviously I only see a very small part of the male community mm-hmm. in my job, but, you know, we've got a bunch of fucking lonely men. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Do you feel like that they can relax and be more vulnerable around you because there's like, a you kind of have to accept them for what they are at the moment because they have to, have bought you for the night or whatever. So yeah. you're not gonna, they can kind of like relax, I guess, a little bit. They're not trying so hard, or do you yeah. feel like they still have to try around you? No, I don't, I think one um, because the, like it is transactional. So they they've bought my time that. Um, and also, they're never going to see me again. Yeah, you know, true. Yeah, yeah. like there's no, there's no strings attached. There's no, um, yeah, fantastic nipples, and I just got distracted. By them. <laughs> I have fantastic nipples. Yeah, oh, you got fantastic so nice. nipples. Um, so you hear that, gentlemen? What was I talking about? I got really distracted. Just um, you were saying. Oh yeah, because um, that and because, you know, I like you're naked sitting on top of them like it's so intimate that all of that kind of falls away do you know yeah, what I mean wow. like and then they like you do you get people sitting there talking about you know their core issues and you know their partners and you know all the bullshit yeah wow that and it's a you know drug and alcohol fueled environment and everyone wants to talk about that shit when they're off their face so. yeah. <laughs> No, do you know it's funny when um, Benny Johnson was just in here? He's a he's an incredible Muay Thai fighter, and he was saying that um, he was like, "When do you ever get a chance to just sit down in a room like this and just talk to people? Like we never do this anymore." And he's like, "The what it felt like when he said afterward after he left the podcast, it felt like what it would have been like if it was three a.m. and he had just been drinking all night long, and that's the kind of conversation they had because you do you get to a point like." Being, us being able to just sit in this room and talk shit with each other creates this kind of like alternate reality where you can just let yourself bear. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In the same way that um, that he he was like, fuck, I would have never sat down and thought about any of this shit or talked about any of this shit because I usually need to be drunk <laughs> to yeah. like, you know, get that relaxed. And that's the funny thing. Like you never spend that much time with another person unless you, oh, should we go out for drinks? And then finally, by the end of the night, you spent five hours with them and you can finally just let loose. Yeah. And I know that the alcohol does help. One thing that I found was really interesting about being sober was that 
because I still take drugs, uh, allegedly, let's say, <laughs> when I'm out um, hanging out with my friends and stuff if the opportunity arises. But I don't ever feel um, that same kind of let go because I'm not drinking anymore. Yeah, wow. I stopped drinking about just almost two and a half years ago, probably. I, October will be three years. And even even with MDMA in my system, even when I should be totally just carefree and whatever, I still have this like weird element of... Like, it's just my conscious mind is still there. You don't quite get the vacation that you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a funny thing, because I thought that that's... I thought it was the drugs. I thought completely that's what it was. But it mostly is the alcohol tells you that you've got nothing to worry about, and the drugs tell you, look at all this stuff you wanted to talk about. Like, yeah, that's bring it interesting. up. And so I'm kind of like, when I'm high on MDMA now, when I'm sober, it's like I am I'm like a fountain of love wanting to explode out, but I can't. Because my rational mind's still present, going, shh, yeah. don't say that, don't say that. that. That'll be real bad. That'll be embarrassing later. Like, don't say that. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. I miss that. That's probably uh, one of the only things that I miss about not drinking anymore is just that complete fuck it, let it go, whatever. Yeah. I haven't felt that for a really long time. And I don't know how you get that without drinking. I don't know. I'd still drink for that. <laughs> And do you, so when you're with your, do you call them clients? clients yeah. yeah. When you're with them, do you, you drink with them? Yeah. Yeah. I drink with them. Um, mainly because like a lot of them are in there for someone to sit down and drink with. And yeah. because, you know, a lot of their wives or partners or, you know, maybe they've never had a wife or a partner and they're lonely, but most of their wives or partners don't, you know, drink with them and, um, sit and party and they they the amount of men that haven't that only go out with the boys you know and then they finally got someone like a woman that they can like sit and drink with and like yeah yeah so do I do drink with them it's a weird thing man why do we separate that so much I don't know if it's just Australian culture because when I first moved over here all of my friends were Kiwis every single one of them. I think I met my first Australian like a year and a half in from living here. And there there was no separation between the boys and the girls. They just, like, we were all just people. We all just hung out with each other. And I've, I don't know, growing up I had an even mix of them. I was always athletic, so I just did whatever was going. And I, I generally tended to avoid girl politics because they were fucking horrendous. You know that shit when you were in school? Do you remember that? Like, oh, I, I work in that shit. I work with, like, 50 naked women. Oh, my God. Do you still get it now? Are oh, my God. It's horrible? worse. It's why worse. Are they, why are women so fucking cunty? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You know what was beautiful, though? So I went to um, one of my good friends does, um, like, female self-pleasure circles. What? What's this? Yeah. So you basically all, so it's all women, but she's doing like mixed gender ones now, but it's all women. And you all go in a room and you all do these like, um, like beautiful exercises where like you see and you love and you honor these other women. And then at the end, obviously you masturbate. All in a room together, but <laughs> it was the first. I'm such a prude, you know. It's just like that's like making me squirm just thinking about it. Yeah, what the fuck? That was the first time that I had been surrounded by a room full of women and gone, "Oh my god, we're we're not all trying to rip each other to shreds." Yeah, wow. Yeah, especially god, working. That'd be nice. Oh, it was beautiful, and everyone like everyone was naked. Everyone masturbated. And actually not everyone masturbated, that's a lie, because you didn't have to, um, you could do as much or as little as you wanted to do. So some people just laid there and just enjoyed the energy. Um, yeah, and we talked about like all the different types of orgasms and they gave you like this opportunity to like try and, you know, connect with your yoni, which is, you know, another word for vagina. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, and it made me realize how fucking toxic my workplace can be. Wow, man. Yeah. It is. Um, that, ugh, God, I, that's so scary to me. Just even the thought of it. Just Because I didn't even, I never even learned to masturbate. I never even attempted it, really. I, did, I attempted it once when I was 12, I think, or 11. 
I had this like successfully. Ex- not at all. <laughs> not even not even remotely successfully. I did this. I had an art show a couple years ago, and I needed to sell tickets for my art show. It was like a part of doing it that I had to sell these forty tickets. So I, I decided it was for it was for a raw showcase, and so I decided yeah. to create this little web series called Raw Honesty, yeah. where I filmed myself telling a story of something just fucking horrible that I'd done in my life just something real stupid and embarrassing yeah. and one of the stories that I told was me learning to masturbate at age 12 <laughs> so forgive me if anyone if you guys got that video so anyone that donated basically or anyone that bought a ticket yeah. got one yeah. of these videos about me so um the story was that oh, oh my god it was so bad I was visiting my cousins and I have a whole bunch of smaller cousins than me and they had like this Lincoln Logs set. Do you know what Lincoln Logs are? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's so cute. It's so American. I'm, I'm from the mountains in Colorado. So it's like these wooden logs that simulate... Uh, Please log- tell me you masturbated with a child's toy. I yeah. did. You are exactly correct. <laughs> yes. I know. See, I was fucked from the start. I'm, I was doomed. Um, so it was like... So these things like these wooden little wooden circular column things yeah. that they're supposed to simulate a log that you would build a log cabin with. And yeah. so you get a whole block of them and then you can like stack them up and then create a little house out of them. So anyways, I got one of them. They're unpolished. They're unfinished. They're rendered so like rough, <laughs> like a rough piece of wood. And I don't know. I just had this like weird feeling and I was like, well, maybe I should, do- I'm supposed to put something inside here. I think so. I just like shoved it in me and like kind of in and out a few times. It was like, probably give me some It was just like, what? It was rendered for her place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like, just tear me apart. I didn't do it vigorously because I was yeah. kind of like, I don't think this is good. Yeah. And then I was so ashamed of myself. Like I did, I did it for a few seconds and I was like, nah, go, what the fuck? I can't do it. <laughs> so I was so ashamed of myself. I didn't know what to do with it though, because obviously it's just a bit moist to put a toy up inside. And I had to like, yeah, I had to steal it. I took it home with me. And who knows? Who knows what it is now? My uh, my first masturbation story is also filled with shame. <laughs> Good as they ought be, I'm sure. Oh, mine's shocking. I've what like happened? oh, I've only told like a couple of people this. So like obviously like I had experimented with like external, you know, like playing with my clitoris and stuff. And anyway, I was searching through my mum's drawers for something. Can't remember what it was. Anyway, I came across a dildo, like a phallic-shaped dildo. And so I was like, I'm going to see what happens if you... And it wasn't until... And then she found it. So I was like, fuck, oh, my God. Only happened for, like, a couple of seconds. And then I was like, oh, my God. Like, felt fucking horrendous. Oh, no. And put it in my drawer and was like, okay, that never happened again. Obviously, well, as an adult... it hurt? Like, it was, yeah, it yeah, hurt. You are just too small. And then mum found it. And the shame. And she's like, do you know this is mine? And I'm like, oh, my God, I just found it and used it. I was young. I was little. I didn't know. And now as an adult, oh, my God, I think about it. And I just want to bury my head in shame. Because obviously you don't use someone else's fucking sex toys. But I didn't know. I just saw this. And I was like, hey, that fits in there. Let's try and make it fit in there. (laughs) Oh, your poor mom, too. Like, the amount of shame she would have been like. Imagine her telling her friends, like, oh, my God. We've spoken, Mom and I have spoken about it, and she's like, I just had to throw it away. I didn't know what, I didn't know what, and I'm like, I don't even want to know if it was used. Don't even tell me because I just, oh. Oh, fuck. <laughs> have you ever been caught? Masturbating? Yeah. Yes, I have been caught oh, masturbating. No. Oh, I don't think I ever have. God, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Was it embarrassing or did they join you? Um, well, I think I've only really been caught by people that, oh no, I have been caught by my roommate, but we, we were really open. Like, so we're, we were both dancers. Like we'd be like, you know what? I'm going to go and masturbate. So just don't come in. (laughs) We're not really um, close anymore, but we used to live in this house where she didn't have a bedroom door. Oh, yeah. So when she wanted to go do her thing or I wanted to go do my thing, like we'd have to like communicate that. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have an issue with that. Like as an adult now using my own sex toys, I don't have an issue. (laughs) You have your own ones? Yeah. Oh, what ones you've purchased? Yeah, ones. Yeah. Uh, I was imagining like you had a molded pocket pussy and then I was going what the fuck what are you oh, going to do with that no I wish I had my own molded pocket pussy <laughs> that you could buy the Lisa model yeah. <laughs> at the shop because 
they do have those, right? Like that's a yeah. real thing. Eventually, someday. One day, someday one day. Um, man, I had a wet dream the other day for the first time in my whole life. I didn't know that girls could get that. Have you ever had one? Yeah, I can orgasm in my sleep. What, you can make it happen? Yeah. You can consciously yeah. do it? So sometimes I have these dreams where I know I'm dreaming and so I'm like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want, especially if I'm in a relationship because I'm like, that's not cheating. Yeah. It's just my subconscious mind. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, I, do you know when I have a lucid dream, I do remember that I always tried to fuck stuff, but it would wake me up. <laughs> like my body was like, come on, Lorna. What are you doing? You're not going to finish this. <laughs> I always get too ashamed of myself and run away or something. It never works. But I, yeah, I had an actual, I didn't know that women could have wet dreams. It was so exciting. Yeah. It was so exciting. How great are they? I know. It was the best thing ever. And then I was like, because I, I was always jealous of the boys when they tell me about those dreams. And I yeah. was like, I, oh, we'll never get that. That'll never happen. And it did. It but it was gross too. They were like, oh, cool. What happened? Who are you having sex with? I was like, oh, myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was real unsexy. I always have sex with really bizarre people in my dreams. Yeah, like unrelated people. Yeah, like unrelated them. people or like, yeah, I'm just like, why? Why was I thinking about you? Like, mm. that's odd. I have, I have it with like monsters. Really? Like, yeah, they always turn into like weird creatures like aliens like i'll be like going to hook up with something if someone and then they'll morph and they really? always change they'll change gender they'll change age they have one of the most fucked up dreams i have i'm writing this book right now and at the very start of it the opening scene is this dream that i had yeah. and it was after a weekend i wasn't on it wasn't the i hadn't started having meth yet but it was like the that down that road so it was one weekend where it was like a three-day bender just on pills and drinking the whole time like no sleep or barely any sleep just fucked and when i um i had to fly back out to work i used to work on the mines and so i just had the fucking come down from hell it was just so so bad and i got into my room i hadn't slept maybe i had two hours of sleep or something and went to go get ready and just fell asleep and I, I like, I was waking up because things were scratching my back. You know, I could feel yeah, like just right. people or things in my room with me, and I couldn't tell if I was awake or asleep. I was just hallucinating. At one point, I rolled over, and the walls were all gray, and I saw this like, like a ghostly torso of a head or a head and torso of a man that I didn't know, just like a man just staring at me, and it just slid up the wall away from me. I was like, fuck! What? Well, oh my god! I've actually done some damage. You know, yeah. like I've completely fucking lost it. And then fell back asleep into this dream, and I was in a house with, um, like, almost like little blocks had been built, set up on top of each other, and that was the house. And this blue creature, like, came up to me, and she was, like, real, like, sexy and slim, kind of like Mystique from the X-Men, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. blue thing. And she was bendy like taffy and she kept like grabbing me and telling me to grab her and so I was like oh maybe I'm gonna have sex with you maybe that's a thing yeah and so I was like trying to figure out if I was supposed to make out with her or not and I was like <laughs> ripping her head apart and like just like twisting yeah, her body wow. and then these other women came into the room and they were all morphing from fat to skinny to old to little and then all, I, I couldn't tell if it was appropriate or not because some of them got young you know like yeah, to yeah, teenage yeah. years and then I was like oh fuck no wait you're a little girl and then she'd be old and <laughs> It was fucked. I woke up out of that going, Jesus, fuck, I've got to take better care of myself. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't, obviously. I just went worse for a little while. And yeah. then I eventually pulled myself out of it. <laughs> Mine don't morph. Mine just stay as they are in my sex dreams. But that's crazy. That's... Yeah, I don't know. There's got to be some weird fucking subconscious thing going there's on. There's got to be. Hey. I do have... I've got so much shame about sex. I, feel, I personally am like the walking embodiment of shame when it comes to sex. Wow. See, my my mom, God bless her, is um and her toys, gosh, she's gonna kill me for that. She um she's always like walked around naked, being really open about anything naked, any questions that I had about sex or anything, um, always really open and really honest from a really young age. So I never really grew up with That's so good, man. With that ever, like yeah. What do you feel shame about? Do you get, do you get it in other areas or anything like, or is that have you kind of processed your shame filter? No, I don't think I've processed my shame filter. <laughs> I definitely feel shame in other in other areas, just not, not really around. Oh, what? That's not true. Actually, I think I do feel it around sex. I think I feel it around how other people are going to view me when yeah, I, yeah. you know, like 
like I've definitely felt shame to do with like my job and mm-hmm. and all of that but that's not actually coming from me I, th- I think that's like oh god what's everyone gonna think of me oh you know but when I strip yeah. that back is it is it really important what anyone else thinks well, it isn't, but it is on a level because we're a tribe. We're a yeah. tribe type of people, so like it depends on our survival to be accepted by our peers. So you're right. I don't agree that it's it's important, but mm. it it does feel that way. And and mm. I think like as a matter of survival, you do have to kind of figure out how to roll with the herd a little bit. But mm-hmm. being your authentic self and being comfortable with yourself, I think, is the best path to get there because then yeah. people at least don't think you're a liar. Because yeah. I think you can be. You can be an anomaly, like you can be different and be weird, but if you are genuinely you while you're being weird, then at least people don't consider you a threat. Yeah, that's true. I think when you're being dishonest or being deceptive, that's when people really put their back up and feel gross around you. So in my opinion, because I I have always felt like I'm kind of fucking weird and and not really, I, I can't really put me into a box of anything. Like I've never really figured out where I belong, but... So I kind of went to this overdrive of, all right, well, I've just got to be me, whatever this authentically is. And even that changes constantly, you know, depending on who I'm talking to. It's an interesting thing. I haven't been listening back too much to the podcasts I do, but I realized that I'm the only um, constant in this ship, right? So if anyone consistently listens to my podcast, they get to hear me, but hear me with different people all the time. Yeah. And, you know, depending on who you're with... Your personality can change a little bit. And I just realized, holy fuck, I go on and on about being this authentic me and I'm always myself and just be yourself. And who knows how much I change depending on who's in the room. You know, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when you think of yourself amongst your different groups of friends, what you're like, how authentically you are you really? Yeah, or how many facets of you are there? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I know it's a funny thing. So we all do kind of wear these costumes, but I think that it's that honesty, man, and it's that just letting go, trying not to hide behind it all mm-hmm. is what kind of gets you you get you comfort. And, you know, probably in a similar way, I had this idea while you were talking before about, you know, the progression into what you did. Fighting is really similar, too, because when I very first started training, um, you know, I started getting mu- arm muscles and stuff and started being a little bit bigger and burlier. And I've always been this kind of nerdy artist type. So I've never had big muscles. I've never had a good body or anything. And then all of a sudden I was, I that's was, a lie. That's a lie for anyone listening. <laughs> <laughs> but I never had, you know, like I never felt confident in my body or anything. Yeah. And so all of a sudden I got this just so much shame about, oh, I'm big and I'm muscly and I'm, you know, real dikey and scary. And then fight everyone I talked to about fighting. They're always like, fuck, why would you do that? That's crazy. That's bullshit. But it's a slow, I slowly surround myself with more people that do it. And when I go into the gym and I train, I don't think about hitting somebody in the head. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. You'd never even consider it. Even the, the language I use when I'm teaching people how to strike other people in the head would be fucked up if you took yeah. it outside out of, out of context. I'm like, make them pay for it. You know, if they come at you, make them pay for it. And I think the same thing with, you know, working in a strip club and working in the sex industry is this, I, there is normal for me and that is not normal for everyone. But I've like completely lost sight of it because, yeah. you know, I spent so much time immersed in this world of, you know, naked drinking drug taking you know that that that's normal you know we're like, so adaptable aren't we as yeah. people like you really can you can just do once you get in that rhythm of it and get in that momentum and i think the important thing is always like kind of keeping an eye on your internal shame filter yeah. so like have you ever gotten in a situation where you were like oh fuck this is too far this is further than i'm comfortable being something i don't want to do like do you have an internal kind of gauge that goes no yeah Definitely. So you must you must have had to develop that, I guess, over time, figuring out like how far you could push yourself and how where you don't want to be pushed to. Yeah, I've always I've always been pretty um, like I listen to my gut, you know. Yeah. And if yeah. something, if I'm in a situation, I'm not always good at saying something at the time. But if something happens and it feels icky or it doesn't feel right, I've like I've always been pretty good at. Um, picking up on that and 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 respecting that and honoring that feeling yeah sure. but it definitely um I think that skill has been refined and I've got better at doing that 
from always having to be so vigilant because sometimes it can be like a little bit scary and unsafe doing what I do, you know, especially if you're going to Bucks parties or whatever and there's you and another girl and like 40 guys, you have to be, yeah, you know, really aware of, completely aware of your surroundings and have to be confident and comfortable to say, you know, I'm not happy with that, you yeah. know. Even like with a lap dance, so in Queensland the rules are that, like you're allowed to touch everywhere except in between the legs. Okay. And it like even just like saying that when I first started, like these are my boundaries of where you're allowed to touch me and what you're allowed to do. Like Do you have to tell them as you, when you start? Like do you say yeah. this is where we're at? Okay. Yeah, so you sit them down and you tell them these are the rules. This is how it goes and yeah. And then if they break the rules, what So you- if they break the rules, um generally like they get a couple of warnings and then after that they go but then then again like it's all up to the girl so like if they're doing something that really genuinely makes you feel uncomfortable then you can just end the dance straight away and you're well within your rights to do that yeah 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 shit you'd have to have that did you feel like um did you feel like it was hard at first to say it like did you feel like oh i don't want to upset them i don't want to push them away yeah yeah, but I think you've developed such a thick skin yeah. in such a short amount of time from from doing that kind of work that it just kind of comes naturally. Do you know what I mean? Because you do have to, on a nightly basis, deal with so much shit. Like, you can get great clients and have amazing nights, but there's definitely some bullshit, yeah, you know? Yeah, fuck. And what do you, like, and I don't know, this could be way too much of a kind of scary topic to touch and feel free to just pass on the question if it's too weird. But, like, you know, there's this new thing right now where everybody's been sexually assaulted by everybody. And I wonder, like, it's somebody like you, who you're face-to-face with this constantly all the time, that you can actually tell the difference between somebody sexually assaulting you or trying to and somebody who's not. You know, like, because yeah. I guess you experience so much, so much of a spectrum of this. Like, what does it feel like when somebody's like, you know, they made me look at them naked? You know, is that a thing? Or do you think that everybody's just got their borders and everybody's line should be respected regardless? Um, I think that everyone's line should be respected, like, regardless. And But at the same time, I don't know. That's a tricky question. I don't know. Because I wonder if it gets watered down a little bit. You know, like, somebody who's been... And I I mean, I, I think... Obviously, talking from the absolute like seed of shame, because this is where I live constantly, I'm scared of any of it, all of it. So all of it makes me uncomfortable. But in my head, I just feel like that I'm fucked. Like, this is my problem, not everybody else's problem. So I wonder, you know, like if somebody who genuinely has PTSD because they've been shot in the leg versus somebody who gets triggered because they feel uncomfortable in a situation... Like, that kind of situation, that is sort of annoys me. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, yeah. fuck, you're watering down a real situation that somebody is really struggling to cope with their life because of what? Like, what is this cry for attention that you need to be heard? I think different people as well have different emotional responses to different things. And for that, you know, using the analogy of someone that's been shot in the leg to someone that's whatever has happened to like that's still just as real for them yeah true you know well and if it's and if it's in a sexual situation like because that thing all those things just get so weird so quickly yeah they do get weird quickly see at like funnily enough like some of the stuff that's happened to me at work people that aren't in my line of work would probably see it and like if it happened to a girl at a club probably would be seen like a like, sexual assault like yeah. and if it happened to me outside of work I think it would probably I don't know I don't know maybe I'm I just have a stronger like I don't know I'm just like oh fuck whatever you know because I use my body to make money so yeah I it's don't an know. interesting thing man like yeah. I, it is just a totally different perspective I never thought about it? it like that because like if I got hit in the head on the street it'd be a crisis you know I'd be like what the fuck I've got to sort this out but I get hit in the head every day and I don't care it never bothers me I guess you know the difference as well is that when I when when obviously like they can't do anything they want to me but when I'm walking in to that kind of environment and that's my job I am accepting that I am going to be touched by men yeah um there could potentially be this 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 and this that goes wrong 
yeah. you know. So I'm kind of opening myself. I'm like that sounds bad. Not opening myself up for it, but like I'm I'm aware constantly and vigilant that I'm in an environment that is extremely sexual. Yeah, yeah. And you know, a lot of the men are drunk, mm. and that's something that I just have to be careful of. But do you think that it's made you like stronger in dealing with it in general because you're so used to it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. I, 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 I'm not saying that I think that people should be assaulted. Like, for God's yeah. sake, don't read yeah, it the yeah, wrong way. Yeah. And I don't think that at any point, if somebody's uncomfortable, we should yeah, yeah. belittle them and tell them yeah. that they're wrong. I just think that, like, being exposed to certain things can help you build a resolve and understand yourself better than being sheltered from those things. Oh, definitely. You know, and like, and doing it in a kind of safe environment. Like, were there, do you have certain environments, like if you're at the club, for example, do you know that you're surrounded by a team of people that are going to look after you if something goes wrong versus, do you, have you ever gone to environments where you're like, fuck, I am yeah, only on my own here? There's been one, there's been one time that I've gone to, I went to a Bucks party with one of my good girlfriends at the time and she um this guy had booked us and then he got really really drunk and he was like I just want to book you two to dance for me in my bedroom and that's like I don't want to share you with any of the other guys ridiculous money huge money so we were like fuck yeah yeah anyway it was the only the, the one time where I honestly felt genuinely unsafe doing what I do yeah he went out onto the balcony and had a cigarette and turned around and looked at me and the look in his eyes was a gen like it was like I want to hurt you like there was like there was darkness there you know most of the time you know the the guys that you're dealing with they're just drunk and rowdy you know but there's you don't get that actual predatory you know, like, yeah, and we described our shit and ran out of the room. That was scary. That was probably yeah, the, well, oh, yeah, one of the only times that, oh. yeah. Do you do any martial arts training? No. <laughs> we should teach you some shit just in case. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I mean, meat and violence, like in a situation like that where you can't defend yourself and there's a bunch of other people around, it would be pretty difficult. Even if you did, like if somebody was going to hurt you and you reacted I mean, you'd have to defend yourself, but at the same time, it may escalate as well. You'd probably, yeah. You've probably got better kind of good tactics, evasive, manipulative tactics that you can kind of calm them down and slide your way out of there and get yeah. the fuck out. Yeah, definitely. You definitely learn how to, um, how to talk your way around it. Because well, yeah. that's my job, pretty much, is talking, talking guys into paying all of this money. So when something bad happens... Yeah. Just do it in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> Talk my yeah. way out. Yeah. And do you feel like you're providing a service, like you're helping people? Um, or do you feel like yeah. it's a transaction and both of you know you're getting played? No. I See, I don't feel like I'm getting played at all. That's good. I don't feel like, I, I don't feel like I'm getting played at all. Um, I think that some guys know that it's a transaction. Mm. And I think they're willing to buy into that fantasy. Yeah. You know, to have, to spend time with someone that, you know, they wouldn't have the opportunity to yeah. on the outside, you know, and someone that, um, like, they come in and they know that for the hour, two hours, seven hours, how, however long they book me for, that I am, like, 110%, like, they have my utter attention and yeah, I am yeah. there to entertain them. Not necessarily dance all the time, but, you know, talk to them and carry on and laugh and blah, blah, blah. And then there's the other guys who I think are genuinely, and this goes back to the really lonely guys, the guys that just don't, like, don't understand, like, how the whole thing works, don't understand that it's a fantasy Mm. or, you know, and they're getting played by it. Yeah, damn. Oh, that would be sad. It would be hard to watch. It kind of is, but, like, I kind of look at it, and this might sound really cold-hearted and callous, but I kind of look at it like a casino. You know what Mm. I mean? If you're going to walk into a casino and get drunk. Yeah, you know what you're doing there. You know? Same thing happens with a strip club. And how um, have you had relationships during while you work this way? Like, yeah, I've had um, I've had quite a few relationships. Majority of them with girls. Oh yeah, mainly dated women in the last ten years. Um, A few of them from the industry. Oh wow! Yeah, Um, I've been lucky that 
all the people that I've dated have been really supportive and understanding. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. You'd have to be. Do you um like work out with each other, keep a nice open communication? I listened to, or no, it wasn't something I listened to, I read it. It's a great article about a girl, a porn star, and how she, every single relationship she had, she just had to redefine it with every new person to figure out where they were comfortable with mm. what she did. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I just make sure that I, like... I think it's easier as well with women because women do generally tend to talk more like yeah. in a relationship. So, and there, there seems to be less of like the, like, um, like that macho or oh, someone else is touching my woman. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that like, I so I haven't really had much of an issue dating. Really? Women so with women that. don't get that? No, because, like, oh, the, the women that I've dated haven't yeah. had an issue with it because I th- I think they can see. They're like, fuck, yeah, you go in there, take their money. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, they know at the end of the day that, you know, I'm not sexually aroused by it mm. or, you know, I'm coming home to them at the end of the day. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, so, but men you've dated, it's been, it has felt well, a little it, bit more. Funnily enough, the only man that I've dated while being in this industry was also involved oh, like true. on the sidelines within clubs and stuff awesome. so I had a really good understanding of how it was yeah. and yeah I had friends that were dancers and stuff so so knew and understood it wasn't like they'd never the only experience that they'd had with a club was going there on a bucks night and like being in love with this stripper and you know yeah, yeah. yeah they had more of a wholesome rounded understanding of it do people fall in love with you yeah <laughs> what happens how do you deal with that um well that's like really that's good because then they come back and they spend more money and you've made yourself a regular yeah oh so it just becomes like a regular yeah yeah cool yeah and i guess you can develop a bit of relationship with them because you can relax with each other i used to have more. a client that used to come in every thursday night when i was working in brisbane and bring me dinner and we used to sit there every Thursday night and have a drink and he'd make me dinner and bring dinner in. Wow. Like, yeah. And he just became one of, like, I never saw him outside of work or anything, but he just became one of my, like, good friends, you yeah. know? Like, and he obviously <laughs> was just like, oh, you're amazing. But, you know, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I can imagine in your environment like that, I mean, like, the, because you would just possess a similar type of power because you're just that comfortable. You know what you got to do. You know your job. You're completely bare. You're completely free. And you know that you're in control. So you kind of have an element of power that people would be attracted to. Yeah, definitely. And that fantasy. That's something, too, that you can play on. You don't have to be you. You can be the thing I can, that they yeah, want Yeah, yeah. And I think so. The interesting thing about the hustle is I, I believe that you've got couple of minutes to like read that person mm. and figure out what they're looking for yeah oh, yeah and then you have to adapt yourself to be whatever they are looking for do you know what I mean wow man do you know what's interesting about that I just had this thought like that's pretty much what we do when we're trying to date people but we just do it in the long term like yeah. we develop this like <laughs> you know like you can have a crush on somebody and then you see that they're like reading a book or like the like a certain kind of music and then the next day you're like oh my god did you hear the new song <laughs> yeah. and it's like you just who the fuck knows you're like oh no I just totally discovered it on my own can you believe it yeah, <laughs> yeah. great band yeah, like, it's a stupid fucking thing, but we do that because we want to have things in common. I want to show you that I care, you know, like, I want to yeah. show you that I'm equally matched to you. And then fucking after two months, it's like, ah, it's all the shambles. It's a lie. Yeah. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that band. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it makes it easier to be interested when you're getting paid a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't lose that interest. Do you ever have moments where you're like, I cannot keep this up? Yeah. Yeah, fuck. That would, that would yeah. be tough for me. If I don't feel it, like, and I think this is, a, it comes back to that shame thing. Like, I can only have good sex with people when I like them. So I've never, I've never even really been able to have one night stands. Yeah. I've, like, brought people home um, after being out at bars and shit, but I, I usually, I'll just be, like, nonstop, like, okay, yeah, oh, no, sorry, I'm not ready. Ah, oh, yeah, nah, nah, sorry. Oh, yeah, I just want to yeah. kiss or whatever. Like, I'm just fucked. One of my guy friends was like, you just can't do that. No, it wasn't a guy. It was a girl actually told me that. She was like, you can't do that. They're expecting, when you go home, you're supposed to have sex with them. Like, that's what they're expecting. But in my head, I'm so ashamed of myself that I'm scared that they're going to think I'm a whore. 
if I have sex with them that night. And then, because I just want them to love me. I want everyone to love me, yeah. whether I like them or not. Like, I couldn't give a fuck what they're thinking. <laughs> yeah. I just need you to love, love me. me. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad, man. And this was really bad when I was drinking all the time. And I think that was one of the other main reasons why I was just like, I do not need to drink. Because it always makes me feel like I'm really small and really addicted. And yeah, I don't like right. that feeling, man. And I haven't felt it at all now. It's been, yeah, two and a half years. And and also through Muay Thai and through just spending more energy on myself yeah. and caring more about myself as a human being, like, stop externalizing my own self-worth. Yeah. And I don't understand, like, what made that switch. It was just, like, a conscious choice at one point where I just said, fuck this. Like, I can't keep giving my energy out to other people. I've got to figure out what makes me worthwhile by myself. Yeah, I can appreciate that. I've been, I've been there where I've... Constantly, like, given, 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 you know, and then you're just always empty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Totally feel empty. And you're doing it for... And I always know when I'm doing something for the wrong reasons. Like, I got really paranoid a while ago that I was never going to be able to love anyone because it was too transactional for me. Like, at least yours is an honest transaction. (laughs) Because I always felt like I didn't know how to just relax and let someone love me and me love them back. Because maybe I just hadn't met anybody for a while that I felt like kind of matched me and I matched them, that we were comfortable together, that we could just be on an even plane together. It always felt like one or the other of us was like playing some kind of like catch up that either they were, you know, put me on a pedestal or I put them on a pedestal. It was just one or the other. Like we weren't, nothing was quite lining up. Yeah, that's interesting. I am, my relationships outside of work are so so incredibly different but to to what happens at work but in saying that I go out to like bars and stuff and the interactions that I see between like between people are what I see at work they are transactional and they are there is this um this fantasy this inauthentic you know like yeah it and really that's is. sad. I know, and that's the funny thing about it, like that, that somebody would judge you for what you do and not realize the hypocrisy in what they're doing themselves. I mean, that stupid idea, like putting on a shitload of makeup, dressing up to the nines, going yeah. out to a bar to get drunk, to just look across the room and try and convince someone to come home with you, to spend enough time with you, to maybe like you and call you tomorrow. Mm. Do you know what's really sad about it too? And I, and I don't know if this is a specifically men and women thing, but like men go out to the bars to get hammered and have a joke and probably try and score somebody. Women go out to the bars to find the love of their life. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So our mentality when we go out, and it's not saying all women, I'm sure lots of women love to go out and they're like, you just want to have a good night or whatever. But for the most part, if they meet somebody, they're out there looking to see if somebody's going to love them forever. Yeah. And men are like, well, I know this is the last place I'd meet the person I want to love forever. Yeah, I agree. And so then you end up immediately at odds with each other. Yeah, well, you're, you're both looking for up. different things, aren't you? Yeah. Like you're both, you're both entering into this, you know, relationship or whatever, you know, or this, you know. Exchange. Exchange with two separate outcomes. Yeah, with the exact opposite yeah. intentions. I know. Yeah. And, then, and then we wonder why we hate each other or why it doesn't work or why you get upset. You know, it's like, well, fuck. We're started. We've gone at this all wrong, and that's why yeah. I, I can't be on Tinder. I've never been on Tinder. I just fucking can't do it. Me neither. I can't imagine like having that interaction. Like it's scary enough out there at a bar. The last place I I just don't want to be involved in that. The the disappointment of like trying to meet someone and realize that they're nothing like you or nothing that you wanted, or the people that are talking to you, you're just like completely not interested. It's it's just a fucked mess. And I don't yeah. drink, so then I'm watching everybody just be drunk and slobbery <laughs> around me. And whether they even like me or not, you know, for the most part, everyone just ignores me. I don't, I don't, I never talked to anyone. One guy last year, I can count the times I've been to a bar. So there was <laughs> last year seems like a long time ago, but it was the third time I've been to a bar. Um, he looked at me and he goes, don't beat me up. And I was like, well, how did you know? <laughs> like, how did you know that I could do that? I was wearing a jacket and everything. Yeah. I thought, and I made an effort. I dressed myself up. And yeah. I, I don't look like an aggressive person. But no, I not at all. <laughs> like, you never really notice. And then I was like, fuck. You know, it's just so disappointing. It's just like, what am I putting out? I think it is just also that I'm not drunk and sloppy and kind of glazed-eyed and silly with a goofy grin on my face. You know, yeah. like I'm just kind of coherent. standing there. Yeah, I'm coherent. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm like operating at a 10 while everyone else is about a three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing about Tinder. So like I look at like, like physically look at photos of like my past relationships and I don't have a type at all, you know, because mm. it's always been yeah. for me what, like, if I, if you feel it, you know, like if you yes. feel it, if someone sets your soul on fire, you just fucking go for that. And, yeah. you know, and with Tinder, I'm like, how, how do you know? How do you know by looking you at a photo? Exactly. But then, you know, it's the same with Tinder as it is at a bar. Men are there for, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And women are there to find love. So there's this. Yeah, and it's a, it's kind of that similar exchange in Tinder. You know, a lot yeah. of women have to write on there, like, and I'm not saying all men, and I'm not saying all women, because I know I'm 100 percent believe that that is a stupid generalization to make, like, yeah. at, at all aspects of it. I think this whole feminist versus men thing has gotten completely out of control and yeah. is causing much more damage than good. I think women are fucking beautiful, amazing, strong things. But if we try and deny that we need men in our lives, we're fucked. We're completely missing half the equation. Well, I think just denying that we need humans. Exactly. We need to each other. Yeah. And it's so scary. It's so creepy that, you know, because women are, like we were talking about before, you know, the women from high school and shit, like we can be so unbearably unkind to each other. Yeah. I had, um, I did ayahuasca a little while ago and I had the most outrageous, unbelievable like realization that my I have this like core disrespect for women and I've had it inside me since I've been really young and I don't know if it was my relationship with my mom and my dad and the way I saw my dad versus the way I saw my mom or the way that she felt about me um one time she told me that she felt like we were in competition with each other for my dad's attention and I I couldn't, like, believe how honest... Like, it just kind of came out of her in a really honest moment. Mm. And I I looked at her and I was like, well, fuck, that is what it feels like. My dad didn't have a whole lot of attention to give, so when he did give it, it was, you know, shared between the three of us, me, him, and my brother. I mean, my mom and my brother. And um, so that I kind of realized that, like, fuck, I had put him on this, like, specter of respect, and he was just this thing that was kind of out of reach, and my mom was always there. And instead of respecting and appreciating that my mom was always there, I resented her presence and wanted to be more like my dad. And so when I had this ayahuasca, it was like, you don't respect your mother, and because you don't respect your mother, it's not your mother, it's women kind, and the women in you, the woman that's inside you, you've denied that. And you deny, in denying woman, you deny the whole earth as well. So you have completely blocked off your material presence. It's interesting, like, considering you say you live in, like, a seed of shame when it comes. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, because I'm ashamed of my, of all of it. Me, body, everything, all of it. Yeah, wow. I don't know how to fix that. I don't know either. (laughs) <laughs> fix me, <laughs> fix me. <laughs> why can't you solve my problems I don't know either I I don't know I recommend spending more time naked loving yourself I know but you know this feels really good I'm yeah. very I'm like I, I'm like I'm scared but I'm naked and it's free it's liberating <laughs> the boys were like so this will be a video podcast obviously I'm like guys guys <laughs> this on. is a huge step this is a strange person <laughs> in my house naked in front of them Oh, that's awesome, though. I'm really glad that you came. That's yeah. really good. I feel like I don't know how long we've been talking for, but I'm scared that we've been talking for too long already. But um, how do I change that? There we go. Oh, yeah, we've almost been talking for an wow, hour. Wow, that's going quick. Um, I know. It's crazy yeah. how fast it goes, huh? It's like it feels like we get into this little time warp. Yeah. You almost feel like you could just go for fucking ever. Yeah. I know. Like, the outside world doesn't exist. Um. I did have a question, though, that I wanted to ask you, and now I can't remember it because I got all distracted. I got all remembered that I'm naked and I'm really shy. <laughs> it's like that feeling that, like, what happened to Adam and Eve in the Bible. It's like, it's like oh, fuck. It's right. I'm going close up. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, now I'm naked. <laughs> um, oh, that's what I wanted to know. Is like, so of the guys that you see or the clients that you see, I guess, do, you, do women ever book you? Yeah, all the yeah. time. Oh, cool. Yeah, or couples, a lot of couples. Oh. Which is fun, which is fun because you know that they're going to go home and fuck each other's brains out. And it's like, it's fun to see women 
supporting their men and going, you know what, I know they're going to fucking do this anyway. I might as well come and have fun as well. Right. You know, and go home and then, you know, let's get busy with it. You know, instead of... Yeah, imagine the confidence to be a woman that can do that. That's Or a partner, either way, that can do that. And just being okay with, you know, their man appreciating someone else, you know. Yeah. So that that's always fun. I love love dancing for couples. Fuck yeah. yeah, that's so cool. Because a lot of the women, like a lot of the guys, are like, "Oh, I can't pay on this credit card because the wife will see," you know. Like, and it's this real, like, yeah, like closeted, you know, like yeah, mm. yeah, man. Do you, so do you think? Fuck, that would be an amazing thing. I wonder if that. I wonder if that would save a lot of relationships. Have you ever read the book Sex at Dawn? No. Ah, uh, there's this great book called um, called Sex at Dawn by the author's called Chris Ryan. And he looks at it from an evolutionary biology point of view. Like the way that the human body's designed is not designed to be in monogamous relationships. I was talking about this the other day. It's so cool. So they were talking, uh, basically he was saying like the best example, and I use this example a lot when I explain this book to people because it's so... Um, funny and powerful but he said uh, one of the best examples of why human beings are not designed to have sex with just one person is the way that penis is actually designed the head of it so yes. it like scrapes the sperm out of yes yeah I, yeah i've read like it's stuff from incredible. somewhere before yeah <laughs> so like for people that don't know this this is a fucking amazing fact so the tip of the penis operates like a plunger. It expands while it's hard before it ejaculates. So it's expanding the whole time and it goes into the girl's vagina. And then as it's like going in and out, it's plunging out whatever was just in there. So like if there was other semen in there, it's pulling it all out. Then when they come, that top part of their penis gets smaller and all their jizz goes in and it does not pull their own jizz out. So it's plunged out everything else that was in there, and then it jizzes itself in and leaves it in there. Then the next guy that comes, it's his job to, like, pull it out and then put it in. So it's pretty incredible. There was, um, I can't remember where I read it, but this, um, um, this paper written or something about um, the correlation between men's ball sizes or the, the size oh, yeah. of a male, male species balls and and the sexual competition so like um like gorillas per se like there's like one like alpha male or a lion really really small testicles because there's yeah. not much um like competition yes yeah, that's right I, yeah. yeah and then with like rabbits and stuff like something fucking stupid like a third of their body is testicle <laughs> <laughs> because there's so much like sexual competition oh that's so funny yeah Isn't so they it? have to like fight each other off. <laughs> yeah yeah so it's a funny thing man it's like, like so when you think about it that way like that potentially the way our culture is designed is causing us more heartache and more headache than we really give it credit for we just accept yeah. that it's normal like no it's normal to have a wife that stays at home and thinks that i'm out with the boys while i'm with a stripper do you know what mm. i mean like that that's that's a fucked up way of being you know, but even even this whole like like around monogamy, this whole this whole concept and this whole thought that the person that you're with romantically has to give you everything yes, you need like, as a person. Yeah. That is fucking, fucking ridiculous. Crazy. Like yeah. if that was the case, we'd only ever have one person in our life and they'd give us everything that we need, but that's not the case. Like right. we like we have friends and this friend's really good when I need a laugh and that friend's really good when I need to sit down and talk about my real shit and that right. person like, you know, tells me when I'm being a fucking idiot and isn't scared to do it. Why is it different with sexuality? Yeah. You know? Oh, completely. You know? Yeah. And how the fuck is that one person going to do that? And and that and that we put so much goddamn pressure on them. So much. And then also own them. Yeah. Which is really fucking creepy. You know yeah. what I mean? That like I possess you. I mean the whole concept of putting that ring on there is like I yeah. own you. I hold you. Yeah, I agree, man. I don't know that it's the right way. I still am trying to come to terms with the idea of it because I I'm obviously like st- I'm too embarrassed to be myself around somebody naked than let alone them with other people. But I would love to figure out how to do that better. Yeah. Because I agree with you. When I've seen that happen, you know, like two cu- like a couple who's open and okay with somebody else coming into it, there's something really fucking incredible about that. How mm. much they love each other to be able to trust each other to let them do that is pretty cool. And I think how much as well they're willing to own their own shit because when yeah. stuff like jealousy 
and, and insecurity and all of that come up, you know, it's not, that doesn't say anything about your partner. That's it. That, that, that's about you, you yeah. know, like, why are you feeling jealous? Because you have feelings of inadequacy or, you know, that's what it is for me. You know, I'm like, yeah. oh, you know, I feel inadequate. I don't feel pretty enough. I don't feel smart enough. Like, are they going to leave me for, you know, mm-hmm. and being able I think to invite someone else or be openly sexual with other people like you have to be so self-aware, yeah, you know, and true. own own your own shit and not put it onto your partner, which I think yeah. is really beautiful. I don't know if I would be able to do that or if I'd be very successful at doing it, but <laughs> like you, I want to work out how to do that. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And just even acknowledging that that's a thing is the absolutely that step. Yeah. Well, here's to fixing that in both of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Lisa, thank you so much for coming. Oh, that was so good me. talking to you. It was awesome. We'll get you back on here again. Yeah, that'd be cool. And um, if people want to come. I, I guess I better not even say where they can find you because it'd be crazy. You just end up having people who want to do naked podcasts with you all the time. You can find me with Lorna. <laughs> I'll be on her podcast. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we'll get you back in here again. Thank you again. Thank you.